listening to the oneofus.net podcast network one of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions we do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads but on a case-by-case basis if you're interested in that contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com with the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. You never know when a time is the last time, because if you did, you could never go on with life. Oh, hello there. This is Bradley Martin, just catching up on some reading. That was an excerpt from Leave the World Behind by Ruman Alam. And it just so happens that that novel, it's been adapted into a film by Netflix, starring... Julia Roberts, Ethan Hawke, Marashala Ali, and Mayala, who's playing a character named Ruth Scott. Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke are playing Clay and Amanda Sanford. Amanda waking up in a tizzy saying, we got to get going. We're going to be late. Clay being like, oh, uh, where is it we're going? I'm Ethan Hawke. I've smoked way too much. And... She says, on vacation, because I just decided an impromptu sudden trip out to a place in the woods will be good for the kids. They arrive with their two kids, Charlie Evans playing Archie Sanford and Farrah McKenzie playing Rose Sanford, both 12 and a senior in high school, respectively. And a lot of weird things start happening. There's a horrifying incident on the beach involving a tanker grounding itself which is definitely not something you see every day the internet's not working possibly one of the worst things that could ever happen to anybody and in the middle of the night a knock at the door gh scott the character played by marisha ali explains that him and his daughter ruth well they heard some stuff, and they're experiencing this weirdness, so they decided to just come home. The home being their home that they rented out to Amanda and her family. A little bit of light racism ensues on whether or not a person who owns a home should be allowed to stay in it because of a contract saying, but you left. You left this house to us for a bit. And then even more occurrences that freak out the children, the parents, and the world start happening. Lard, loud, blaring noises. Deer that decide that maybe humans have had their time and should move along show up. Flock of geese. Taken off. Planes. Not taking off. Cats and dogs living together. Utter chaos. This is Leave the World Behind. And with me to talk about this... Someone who would look at the DVD collection in this house and scoff. You call that 
we you need to up those numbers. Jordan is with us. That's true. I would do that. And also, yes, light racism as compared to some heavy racism that you get over the holidays for Thanksgiving. As someone who wouldn't just go out and buy a bomb shelter, he would know why you would buy a bomb shelter <laughs> and how to actually use it if necessary. Luane is with us. You know, you're not too far off. I also think it is a bold choice for the premier streaming service to make a two plus hour movie advocating for physical media collections. <laughs> I mean, I will always advocate for physical media, but if Netflix wants to do my job for me. Yeah. By all means, go ahead, you greedy fucks. Because that was literally my first thought <laughs> when Rose has her crisis. I was like, somebody has that. You just need to find it. And hey, you're going to go in a barter system soon. So, like, uh, you gotta, gotta have something of equal or greater value. So. Now, just to set the tone for this movie, and then I'll pass the mic. This story, listeners, it's not about the end of the world. It is absolutely a mean-spirited critique on how self-obsessed we are with our stuff and with change. Change is scary. The internet being down causing a, a severe anxiety, for example. And change, it's natural for that to be scary. So I'm not trying to judge anybody. I certainly don't enjoy it. But how the world ends, why it ends, and how we survive, it's not that kind of film, not that kind of story. It's a mood piece about, I think, judging humanity as a whole. All of it, not just our current crop of people. But uh, how did you all feel about Leave the World Behind? You know, it's a big project coming from Sam Ismael, you know, the creator of Mr. Robot, and this very much do does feel like, in some ways, like a companion piece to Mr. Robot. I mean, hell, there's a reference pretty early on in, this, in, in the movie when we were first introduced to Kevin Bacon. But, uh, like, it stands completely on its own. And yeah, I did see this as more like, not so much a takedown of capitalism. Like, I, I'll always be up for destroying capitalism and talking about why it's <laughs> bullshit don't get me wrong a girl loves a good time but this is definitely about like how capital uh about more so the effects of capitalism more uh, more so just what the differences are in the haves and have nots and how ready they would be for a situation like this to go down and definitely a critique on society's self-absorption self uh, of themselves, of their status, of their uh, things. And also, honestly, I kind of relate with Julia Roberts in this movie. Like, God, people kind of fucking suck. They, they do. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I'm just like, she's kind of the hero in this movie to me. I mean, light racism is... Uh... No, can't forgive that. The opening music to this um, sounds like some sort of mid-century sci-fi or horror background music, that, yeah. which pretty, which pretty much sets the tone. You know what you're getting, in a sense. <clears throat> and I don't want to compare this to a specific Twilight Zone episode, but it has that sort of feel to it. Like this, 
this is going to be more about um, performances and theme than it is about plot. Because if you if you str- if you took all the the suspenseful shots in it, and all the long lingering everything, this would be about half as long. So, if if you're coming into this looking for either action or much in the way of like a plot or story, you're not going to get it. If you're looking for character arcs and you're looking for character development and some pretty solid performances, then yeah, this is this is probably more in line with that. I mean, Hawk is, he's an Ethan Hawk character. Um, Roberts <laughs> is actually sort of playing against type in that she's this sort of hard-nosed um, cynic. Um, Ali is, he's, uh, he's just trying to, trying to get along. And uh, his daughter is not having any of that. No, uh, his daughter in this movie is j- very much like that devil's advocate asshole mm-hmm. in your political science class. We all, all right, we've all had that asshole, all right, or bitch, <laughs> or yeah, I'm just gonna use bitch as a catch-all term uh, because she, she, I don't know, like I know I can be pretty cynical at points and feel like nihilistic but jesus christ i almost wanted to tell this girl but can you cheer the fuck up can you stop looking for the worst in everything like i get i get it you're in like survival mode mode uh fight or flight you know that we're all gonna be put into that situation but yeah she she was just coming off really fucking unlikable i still it's a good performance like i absolutely i absolutely really love the scene she has just talking with clay while they vape yeah which might honestly be the most impactful and uh insightful vaping scene committed to cinema (laughs) yeah other than that i'm just like god damn i kind of hope something happens to this character because shit well bradley because he's more literate than i am has read the book and we were talking a little bit about the differences. Um, <clears throat> and one of them was the character of Ruth, particularly her age. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think they made an interesting choice by making her significantly younger um, because she has been around in a, in the, the modern era and can take some of the positions that she had not having lived for 50 or 60 years through a lot of drastic changes in what it means to not be white in the U.S. Oh, yeah. So I think that makes a lot of difference in having done it. I don't know if it stays true to the theme of the book, but I think that that, instead of having her and Ali basically both being characters that are sort of trying to just get along because that's what they've had to do their whole life, by making her younger, they give her the ability to be antagonistic to everybody including her father. Um, so I think that was, that seems like that was actually a kind of a smart choice. I don't know what the setup is like in the, in the novel other than that. But one of the things that I, that I found sort of interesting um, in this, of all of the things, the youngest character, um, 
the that plays Hawks um Hawk and uh, Rose and, is the character's name. Thank you. Um yeah. Rose is obsessed with the TV series Friends. And there's even this whole argument with her brother about it when, you know, the internet goes out and they can't she can't finish the the final episode. And she's like, well, I need to know what happened to them. And he's like, why? It's a dumb show. And she's like, because they make me happy. Yeah. And as much as, <laughs> yeah, and as, much as I don't like friends, I, I would just be like, I get it. Like, you know, you, you invest. And, and, yeah. and, and I do feel like that, that itself was like a commentary on assholes on the internet. What? Well, okay. Not just <laughs> a- internet assholes. Yes. Yeah. Hey, forum trollers. We see you. You're you're there. Um, but also just like how well you know, just what stories mean to us. Just mm-hmm. what what they and why they matter. Why we can connect to them. I mean, I love any narrative about that. Yeah, what a shock. The film school queer who went to school for writing absolutely loves metatextual storytelling about storytelling anyway but like i appreciated that and i will say uh this movie i'm still kind of processing it because like i just like i just watched it a few hours ago i said i don't even have notes for this review that's how like i'm still kind of processing it but like it's got great performances it's very well directed like there are some camera and style choices that happen that really do fit with the uneasiness of this story and this situation and i think my favorite scene had to be a bonding moment between julia roberts and marshala ali Oh, the jazz scene. Yeah, that. Al- yeah. yeah, that that also confirmed. I can't hear one song the same way thanks to an internet meme. So, <laughs> congratulations, <laughs> brain rot. Well, and again, physical media collection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We. I, it was a nice one too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I was kind of jealous of that, and and, and the. Uh, and a collection later on, but it, yeah, but it, yeah, we it, this movie does show, yeah, we're all like kind of the worst in our own ways, but we, you know, pe- people can still do some good. It's just sometimes they really got to be pushed to into having to do the right thing, and that says a lot more about society at the moment uh than anything i think also why teslas kind of fucking suck i don't get the big <laughs> deal about those but <laughs> well a big a big change in the adaptation like i said uh off mic i thought this would have been an impossible adaptation because it's all one big giant mood piece of paranoia conspiracies uh, the reasoning and the rational mind actually literally willing to say a ghost did it. A ghost is causing all this to happen rather than live in the moment of things are changing. You change with it or you pass away. And 
I thought they nailed that premise. I do like that they added a bunch of wacky action set pieces because it's a pretty quick read. But it would drag on of people waiting and doing internal monologues, you know, and seeing the heart of their thoughts. And I don't think a two-hour movie of that would work. So I'm actually pretty impressed with this adaptation. I'm actually, as I grow older, more and more interested in the wild swings that a lot of adaptations take. Uh, like you pointed out. Yeah, good thing this is two and a half mm-hmm. hours so they can get to some of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it, but it doesn't surprise one that, that the guy who was responsible for Mr. Robot is the one who would take something about <clears throat> mood pieces and internal thoughts and paranoia yeah. and conspiracy and turn it into a movie. Like that's his bread and right. Like that's his bread and butter. Honestly, when I get down to it, this movie isn't really anything too new story-wise. It's just one. Agreed, it's yeah. just one of those times where it's like the sum of the parts is holding it up. Like the like yeah. like the acting and directing is what's really holding this story up because otherwise the story yeah. is kind of so so in a lot of parts. Why don't you carry that into your final thoughts? I'll be happy to. So yeah, like I said, great performances, especially Julia Roberts and Marshala Ali, and at least one great scene from Kevin Bacon. That's probably most likely his four-year consideration moment this season. But, yeah, and some nice music choices. Like I said, the story's nothing new. It's basic, but, you know, when it does have something, you know, interesting to say, it does it well. Again, the acting and directing is what really holds this up. I do recommend it. But I'm just like, I, I, I can see the story done better. I've seen the story done better. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a seven vaults of physical media because you can never replace it and don't need to rely on a, on buffering. All right? <laughs> so shame on you, Best Buy, for getting rid of physical media. Shame. Shame. That's all right. Hello, Wayne. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Give you something to edit out there. Um, yeah, it, it looks good. It sounds good. Um, it's got some great music choices. It's got some interesting music choices. Um, this mostly works because it has the cast they have. Like, if you're not willing to watch these people just walk around and look at stuff, <laughs> this is not going to be for you. If you're somebody who needs a resolution or a lot of action and can't or doesn't care for the, but it was the journey, not the destination sort of storytelling, probably not going to be for you. Um, If you're interested in at least, I don't know, thinking about things um, and seeing an adaptation of what Bradley seems to think was a pretty challenging adaptation, um, this is probably worth it. I don't know that I'll revisit it again because it gets by a lot on suspense and there isn't so much. But um, one of the things I found interesting was Ali has a, a because he's sort of connected and wealthy, um, knows a lot of things and a lot of people and has this monologue about conspiracy and how everybody thinks that somebody's running everything 
and that the terrifying part is that nobody actually is. You just have to deal with whatever happens, and it just looks like a conspiracy because people have the intelligence, and by that I mean like information, not necessarily raw intelligence, and the money and resources to adapt to it. And everybody else who doesn't have those things is just shit out of luck. Um, in the end, I am going to say this is 3.75 out of 5 monsters on Maple Street. Very nice. So, I did enjoy this. It's a very visual story. And I think that's important. I'm going to bring up that individual's name, director Sam Esmail, who also wrote this screenplay, along with uh, Ruman Alam, the uh, writer of the novel, did some really quick storytelling with very fast uh, visuals and a lot of cool camera work. Like there's this one character who you just get a very bad vibe from, who very, very quickly spouts off conspiracies left and right and even cuts himself off while saying the conspiracies like, or maybe it was this, like he's in a kaleidoscope of irrational paranoia and his backstory is completely covered because he's wearing a Dallas Cowboys hat. This guy probably thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl this year and he's out of his freaking mind. I also like the Cowboys. I'm just a little bit more hesitant to think we're champions yet. So <laughs> poking fun at myself. What I really thought they would fail at in adapting this story is when shit hits the fan, you think that you're a part of the world and the world becomes bigger in your fear. What if it's a faraway nation? What if it's a faraway planet? What if God is doing this? And the survivors are in a room. This room needs water. This room needs heat. This room needs a blanket. I also have a mind, so I can't go crazy. So this room needs a book. Or in this case, maybe tons of DVDs. And they captured that perfectly. And I was so impressed because I thought that would be impossible to do. Uh, this is on Netflix. People will be watching this on their phone. You can't do that. You're going to hate this if you don't have a focused view and it is two and a half hours and maybe that is a problem i really dug the vibe of this story so i was laser focused outside of just fans of the book i'm not sure who will enjoy this in the crazy way we consume media now because it's really it's it's a as our friend nate on the show says it's a vibe man it's a total mood you actually need to watch this on the original kodak eight millimeter film with the rusty <laughs> projector thank you very much so i'm gonna give this i'll go 7.5 out of 10 bambies that might have a nefarious intent yeah, yeah, Bambi's been been going through some real shit ever since their mom died. Like I was murdered. I <laughs> yes, murdered. <laughs>